0: Over Second Corinthians chapter. Did I say six? I, okay, we're in six. I apologize. You guys would have been like, "Where are we?" So, uh, what I have titled for this first thirteen verses is actually um, titled "Jesus, the True Minister." Give your affections to Him. So, Jesus, the True Minister, give your affections to Him. So he says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so, um, you know, the treasure that is the good news of the gospel is such a beautiful treasure. There's nothing else like it in the world. And to kind of, you know, flirt with it and kind of bring it into your life, but not really be wanting it, you know, like, like Paul is saying, just go all in on Jesus. Don't, you know, be wishy-washy. You know, you know the commandment, do not uh, use the Lord's name in vain. And, my understanding of that, and I'm not saying that everyone has different understandings so much as like, I think that it's kind of been wrongly believed in the church to only mean, did you just say God? And just totally offended that someone said God. You know, and while that could certainly be part of it, the bigger sin that is um, saying the Lord's name in vain is when we're kind of, half in, half out, lukewarm, using the term Christian, using the phrase, you know, that somehow whatever we're doing is wrapped up in godliness, but really there's carnality behind it and we're just hypocrites in a sense. So kind of, that's really the bigger sin than just, we were watching a show the other night and they said, Jesus, you know, and it's just like, oh my goodness, burn that, you know, it's like, yeah it's not that that's not offensive or that that's not man to us that's the name of of all names right like don't use that but there's something even bigger and deeper than that and it's even like man what we have here going on in Polina with what Jesus is doing among our peers among our friends among you and me like there's something wonderful and so don't um don't neglect it and don't you know use it in vain but um, but treasure it and receive salvation. Um, today is the day of salvation. Such a great, um, verse that's also echoed in the book of Hebrews that it's kind of like today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as they did back in the rebellion for in one day, uh, 23,000 of them fell. Um, but today, if you hear his voice saying, Hey, follow me, Um, I'm being really gracious to you in that I've put a church in Polina. You know, you don't have to drive an hour to be in fellowship, but it's right here and there's people that love you and you have each other and use that. And um, there's people that want to disciple you and teach the word to you and lead you into the throne room and worship. And, you know, so um, today's the day that you should start following Jesus. Not, oh, I'll do it when, you know... I'll do it when I finally graduate high school. You know, that'll be the time. I'll kind of, or after college, I'll sow my wild oats and have that college experience. And then I'll do it. I will do it, you know? But it's like, man, no, don't. That'd be like receiving what you're hearing today in vain. Um, Receive it today and let it change you and transform you. Because today is the day of salvation. Um, We give no offense, verse three, in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. And so Paul really wanted to be blameless and just in any way that he could, um, just, uh, just protect the integrity of the ministry. You might remember that the whole context of second Corinthians is the Corinthians were a little bit of a, um, problem people for Paul. That's alliteration right there. Problem people for Paul. Just be glad you're not in the front. Okay. Problem people for Paul, and that man—they were awesome. They were a church plant from him. They were part of a missionary journey. First Corinthians eighteen, or I'm sorry, Acts eighteen, I believe is where you start seeing that church plant um, and great, great things. There were riots and things, persecution that rose up from the great preaching of the gospel. But those poor people, poor people, you know, they were—they um, were living in Las Vegas in a sense. They were in Sin City of the day, and they were constantly being pulled by the world, and with that brought carnality, and compromise, and sinful um, practices, and and Paul just constantly was giving them a holy spanking, and, and constantly encouraging them, and then people came in that were questioning the authority and the apostleship of Paul, and so, so far in the book, he's just been kind of like, man, like, do I really have to defend my apostleship to you guys? Like, well, okay, here's a little bit of it, you know, and Throughout this book, we'll see him just defending himself. And it's a bummer that Paul the Apostle had to defend himself. And so he's kind of saying, you'll hear this tone in this letter where even here he's like, man, we're just, I'm an apostle, you guys. And I, I don't want to like have any offense, uh, but rather have integrity in my ministry so that you we wouldn't be blamed to be some sort of um, charlatan or false teacher or something like that. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulation, in need, in distresses, in stripes and imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fasting, by purity, by knowledge, by longsuffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of the truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, In the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And so you'll kind of, in this letter there'll be a couple times where he's like, do I have to go ahead and commend myself? And like, are you really going to make me, um, like, uh, in a sense, give you my own letter of recommendation. I planted this church. I brought the gospel to Corinth. And now I feel like you guys are making me, you know, type out a word document where I'm typing out all of the accomplishments and all of the things I've been through. And as a minute, like, do I have to do I have to kind of pat myself on the back in front of you and be like, guys, this is all the wonderful things that, that God's done through me and you're going to make me do that? And, and so he kind of says, um, uh, he says, okay, okay, I'll do it here in verse four. In all things, I'll commend myself. And so he kind of writes a reference letter for himself on things that show that he's a minister of the Lord, that he's an apostle. And so and he kind of says, that was kind of a long run-on sentence that I read, don't you think? Like, it was like, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And it's kind of these compare and contrast uh, things. Um, and this and this, and this, and this. It, it almost has a little cadence to it. Um, and and it's all these ways that he's said, that this is all just proof that I'm a minister of the Lord or a servant of the Lord. This demonstrates that I'm in the ministry. And just one thing that I would say would be the big thing to see in this set of verses here is what what of these um bullet points in this reference letter, a recommendation letter did Jesus also do. So Paul's commending himself as a great minister, but ultimately it, Paul is just imitating Christ. You know how Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ? He's just doing what Jesus did. And so you kind of think of those things and all of the hard things, tribulations that Jesus went through, uh, needs that Jesus went through. You know, Jesus says, um, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And, uh, And so in needs, and Paul would go through that, he would be sleepless. He would go through the distresses just as Jesus would go through distress, so much so that he would have in Luke's gospel those burst capillaries where he would sweat great drops of blood. That's a sign of extreme stress in somebody's life when they start uh, sweating blood. And so Paul would go through distress. He would actually say in another letter, among all things, I think it's First 2 Corinthians 11, uh, my deep concern for the churches is what really gets me biting my fingernails, you know, is what really gets me sweating blood, is how, like, stressed I am for all of the churches. I just want you guys to be kept um, in stripes or whippings. Um, uh, Paul had many times where he would be whipped, and who else do we know that was whipped? Jesus, right? Welcome to Sunday School Question Time, where the answer is always Jesus, right? Um, Jesus was uh, had his little moment there in prison. Jesus labored and served. In verse five, um, it says in Mark ten forty five. Remember the first book we went through here at this church. The key verse of the Gospel of Mark is Mark ten forty five. For even the, for the Son of Man uh, came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. So Paul was a servant. He's just following Jesus as a servant sleeplessness. Paul would, uh, uh, spend a night in the day in the deep in the, in a shipwreck, you know, uh, sleeplessness. Um, remember when Jesus went out and would, uh, go at night to pray before he appointed his disciples. Uh, that's just an example of when Jesus would not sleep, but he would lately for me, just in the last week, I'm like, Oh no, I remember when Joe Claus, who was a pastor at Calvary Corvallis probably was, Forty nine fifty at the time, uh, and he was a construction worker that became a pastor, he'd wake up at like four, four thirty and get coffee and go down to the church and work in his office and stuff. And I'm like, What is wrong with you? What's it like to be so old and um, you know, just be weird and just drink, you know, like what? You got some real sleep problems and now at like three thirty in the morning, I'm like ping (laughs) you know, I'm like well, might as well go out and get my cup of coffee and, you know, and I'm just like praying for the church and thinking about the church things. But anyways, just sleeplessness was an example of how Paul really was like an apostle caring about the church. He would fast like Jesus would fast. Uh, he was pure as Jesus was pure, full of knowledge, suffered, went through kind things, had the Holy spirit upon him, just as Jesus did. Super sincere love. Verse seven, um, uh, knowing the word of truth, had the power of God, all of these different things um, uh, uh, were just signs of his apostleship. Uh, verse 10 has one that um, where, man, he would just be sorrowful all the time and yet always rejoicing all of the time. Have you ever been in that state in your life where like almost out of one tier, like you've got or one eye, you've got like tears coming down and like the others like, oh, but it's going to be good. You know, She's like, oh yeah, but still. And sometimes that's what ministry is like is you're like, oh, I'm weeping with those that weep and I'm rejoicing with those that rejoice and I'm sorrowful. Yes, but I'm also always rejoicing. A friend of mine, Ryan Smith was the worship leader at Calvary Corvallis um, for a number of like 20 years and probably about six years into being the worship leader there. His brother committed suicide and he just went through just such a time of depression, and sorrow, and weeping, and, uh, man, he was a guy that um, had been really, like, well put together, and he toured with Skillet with his band called Cadet, and, uh, man, when he went through this time of just depression, he was just, he would wear sweatpants and, like, the same t-shirt every day, you know, and I was like, man, like, this is really affecting you, and he wrote this song about sorrowful yet always rejoicing, like, I'm just in this place where I'm I'm just feeling the weight and the reality of like mourning. But I also understand that there's more, there's, there's light, there's the silver lining. And so I'm also rejoicing. And, and, uh, that's a lot of times that's the lot of the Christian. Um, and I'm making many people rich as an apostle, but I'm making all, all of them rich. And yet I have nothing like for myself. And, uh, And yet, at the same time, I feel like I'm possessing everything, you know? So it's just this interesting call that he has on his life, um, for sure. Verse 11, O Corinthians. Let me kind of catch up in my notes here. I had like 6,000 other references from the New Testament in my notes. And, um, I was like, oh man, uh, I think what's interesting about that is how much this set of verses that Paul is kind of listing his references can be referenced throughout the whole new Testament as stuff he really went through, which is just really crazy. Um, Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak to you as to children, you also be open. And so uh, verses 11 through 13, you just, you sense a little of that, like, it's been a struggle in that relationship with the Corinthians, you know, and he's like, I've been loving you guys. Why won't you love me back? You know, and, um, and uh, you can just hear just kind of like a heart longing for the same type of relationship that maybe he had with the Philippians. And as I was reading this, I kind of was reading into it maybe. Oh, Palina, uh, from my point of view and from maybe uh, the elders that come out here and maybe the Calvary Chapel of Prineville. And I would not say it's at, at any way, like um, to the same degree that Paul would be saying this to the Corinthians, except to just say that our heart is for you. And we hope that your heart is for us. The Prineville church, our heart is for you. Um, in, in ministry, there are many times where you are so close to another church that you'll call them your sister church. And I would say um, in a way, Polina is like a sister church to Prineville if not a daughter church to, and I realize that there's a deep, long history here with other pastors. It goes back decades and decades and decades and decades. But, you know, just what the Lord has done here in the last, since 2019, there's a level of daughter church and then a level of sister church, if you'll bear with me in that. And I would just encourage you guys, our heart, and I think so much of Primeville Calvary Chapel's heart, is to be in relationship. And so as much as you can reach out your hand, like, let's go like this to one another. You know what I mean? Um, And what that might look like is um, various ways. Number one, I would say one of the more practical, regular things would be uh, my heart burns to be in your life more and I know that sometimes, um, you know, I personally have relationship with Joe and Alan and I have this kind of ranch ministry and I understand the perception is that Rory's out here with the Teskeys, Rory's out here with Joe and, and I would love to just as much be in the Rossi's life, in the Childers life, in the McGee's life and just to have you guys calling on us and I, I'm not saying there's never been invitations or anything, but my heart is all the more to have just us like relatives, just where we are just, and I'm sure it's just, it's probably an open invitation. I, I feel that that could be true, but I was just writing with Joe the other day and I was like, Oh my heart. I just, I want to live in just deep relationship with the Polina people. And, and so maybe one practical way that that could be is we could have a schedule <laughs> where we have it and we could give that to you. And so you'll know who's coming out each week to teach. And maybe you would be like, Hey, let's have the clouds out before church. And right after church, they can come and just be a part of our life and they can pray for us. We can let them know what's going on, you know, at the Rossi ranch or whatever it is. And then we go to church or afterwards, you know, something like that. But, um, like I would love that. And I know the different people would love that as well. I hear of Chris going out to your guys's place and, he's just told me of the sweet time that that's been. And I would just say, I think this church would be all the more healthy if we did that. And it's not on you guys. Like I say, it's not quite the same like tone that Paul would be saying to the Corinthians. Um, it's just as much on us. Maybe though, if you could help our, I think a lot of us are like, man, we got, a lot of us have a number of kids and we're at church on Sunday and we're getting things done and we're just I mean, we are scrambling to make it out here. You know, sometimes I'm five to 10 minutes late, maybe a 15 or a 20 in there and once or twice, you know? And so like, oh man, they are just doing their best to make it out here. And, and if you guys could like, it could be a ministry on your end to like, hey, we're just going to draw you in, get over to our home and let us feed you before we send you back or just come and let's give you iced tea, you know, or something like that. Does that make sense? So I would say on that relational I just want you to know our heart is so for you. And I'm so blessed by Chris, who loves you guys so much. You know, you never know. You bring somebody in and you hire them, and it's like, oh, and we've got this Polina church, you know, and it's like, it's kind of small and it's this tiny town, and there's this one road. It's called Polina City Road, and, you know, maybe you come out and teach one time. And Chris is like, I want to be out there like all the time. I just want to be out in Polina. You know, today, what did he want to do? It wasn't his week. I want to be out there. Can I come in and hop in with you? Like, that's an example of someone's heart being for Polina. You know, we pray for Polina. We're mindful of Polina. You you guys are probably on our lips more than a lot of Prineville people. Honestly. Like it's kind of crazy. Um maybe another way is when we do things like um a women's retreat or a men's muster or you know, some event or something, would you help us by like going meeting us halfway and being a part of that? Like we're we're putting something on and as we're planning it, our heart is like, get you guys there. And yes, maybe we could also do just a just a polina camp trip. Holly we were talking about that, right? I love that. Sometimes it just takes someone like, hey we booked it, we planned it, get down here and be at it, you know? But like um There's so much blessing that goes on at these musters and women's. um, By the way, there's a women's retreat last week in October. um, So please be at that. It's awesome. And if it's a financial struggle, like we'll get you there. Okay. We want you there. Um, But those are things that, you know, Calvary Chapel Burns and Josh Bryant out there. And he has a ranch ministry. And a lot of the people that come out from the IZ sometimes head to the Burns direction to go to church out there. And, uh, but they would be like a sister church to us. Josh and I have a deep, rich connection and they're at the muster and they, you know, so I would just encourage you while maybe you don't consider Prineville your church, let it be considered your church in the same sense as we are really one. And it's the same leadership. It's the same elders. It's people that, um, that just their hearts are for what God is doing out here. And so as much as we can, let's kind of, it's the old Diamond Rio song, you know, I'll start walking your way and you start walking. Nobody knows that one? <laughs> that one? Okay. <laughs> they were just here in Palina a few years ago, right? Were we, where we all, Marcus, you and I were up there in the front. We'll meet. I, nothing. <laughs> I remember seeing Marcus at the, the John Georgie tri-tip dinner at that and I was like, that guy's here. Oh, he's so cool. It'd be so awesome if like he came in the Lord. Turns out he was like a part of what was going on here already. He's praying for me the whole time. Like that guy, he's kind of a nerd, but maybe he'll start coming on here. I'm just kidding. But you know, Diamond Rio, right? Come meet in the middle by the old Georgia pine, you know? Um, and so, uh, that, and then just things where having understanding of the cost that it takes for, um, just the ministry team to come out here. It's, it's a cost. Um, you know, a lot of guys just do it for free. Uh, it's um, guys like Chris. I mean, I'd say every guy that teaches out here spends multiple days studying for the teaching that they're going to do here. I happen to have old notes that I can fall back on that I kind of my abilities. I, by God's grace is I can just go and read and I'll study and I can just kind of flow a lot of guys, even Chris, who has a a library, his different, different talents and giftings. He has to like spend that time really digging in to get there again. And so just know that these guys and their wives and the family to create a worship set, uh, takes time. And for me though, like, I know I have a lot of songs memorized, whatever, but even for me, it takes time to pick out songs and to, um, like, is it going to flow with what I'm teaching? I like when it has to do with the teaching, you know, um, and then is it in the key or am I going to hit that high note? and My voice is going to crack and Lonnie's going to tease me afterwards. And, but for me, it's probably easiest for me to prepare a worship set, but for a guy like, you know, Dustin Cloud and we've all, haven't we all watched Dustin um, like start growing? Remember when he first came out here, you know? Remember when Chris first sang out here in the you <laughs> He told me about it, so we always joke about it. But, um, but it's like I know it seems like what a big like they're saying three or four songs. It's like not. It's for these families and stuff. It's a lot, and then it's after two services of serving intent. I, I don't want to hit, bang the drum or kick the dead dog or whatever it is. I just want you to know. But everybody wants to do it for this church and for this town. Like we. Re- what is it? What is it that like, we really see the Lord wanting to do, is doing something and wanting to do something, not only in the church, but in the people that are lost out here. It's just crazy. And so our heart is just here. Our, um, our guys. And so there may be a time though, where it's like Easter service or something, or, you know, whatever it is, um, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And it's like, man, we know that, gosh, there's like these different fellowship opportunities where people are watching the game together and you know maybe you guys are wanting to watch the game and maybe we could do a morning service instead. And I know it's just a shift, but there's just times that I hope you can have grace with us where these guys are just really like serving a whole community in Prineville and then serving a community. And man, they're just, they really do want what's best for us and it's worth meeting halfway. And maybe, I love that you guys stream out here, but maybe it would be good. To say, hey, we're having a field trip Sunday and we're going into this church that loves us so much and has put great investment and great time and sweat and blood and tears and all of that. Um, so there's a little bit, as I was just reading it, I kind of felt Paul's heart for how much he loved the Corinthians. I didn't feel the frustration and I don't have any of that. Um, or, uh, and he's also kind of, he's he's like dealing with, painful things that have been said about him and stuff. I don't have that. Um, but my heart is, oh my gosh, like I want more of you guys. I do. And all of us do. And so just put our numbers on speed dials and being together. When you come to Prineville, get a hold of one of us. Like, Hey, I wonder what the crosses are doing tonight. Um, which one Perry or Chris? Like, what are the odds? We have two, cross families, you know, I don't know, one of them, let's call them. And you are always welcome to come into my house for dinner. And, um, it's what Rosa Rosaria Butterfield calls messy hospitality. Like it might look like a train wreck, but we'll throw something in and on the Traeger and eat and go to soccer or whatever you can go visit in, but like have that freedom to invite yourself. And what are you guys doing tonight? We're coming into town. Our heart wants that. Um, and I, I know that that's yours too. Let's just grow in that. Like we've been a family for, um, 2019. So, so we'll just say 20, 21, 22, 23. So four years. Um, it's like, we're, that's how long high school is. You know, we've gone through a whole, um, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? What, what did you say? Yeah. We've been through the acne stage together. You know, we've been through stuff, um, You know, it is, it is incredible. We've, we've mourned the loss of someone together, right, Audrey? We've buried a friend. We've, um, we've been to the Beaver Creek Cemetery together. We've baptized and barbecued and done some really incredible outreaches, um, that, like I tell my friends about that rodeo outreach and what goes on and they're like, that's really powerful. That's a really powerful thing. The announcer for the rodeo is like, texts me and is like, that is incredible. And he's, did you hear him talking about it? Uh, Even Sunday, like, thank you to the pastors and the church for feeding us. And that's big. One of these days, people are going to, those hard hearted people out there, they're going to break down. Even one of the ones in this community told me at the end of Sunday out there at the rodeo, I was going to come this time. But I was hungover, but I was going to, I was going to come. We were hungover. We were real. And then he pipes in like, I was inebriated, you know? And it's like, all right, well, next time just keep praying, you know? And my wife's like, maybe you'll be bold next time and tell him, 'Oh, oh, it's too bad Satan robbed you of that, you know? But, um, oh, yeah. you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the way to go, honey. Um, so, um, yeah. So, oh, Lindsay would do it. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, I don't feel like, you know, where Paul says, man, if there's any lack, it's your guys' fault. That's kind of what Paul says to the Corinthians. I don't feel that way. So I can't like totally apply the scripture like, this is exactly the same thing. Uh, But as much as in all of our hearts to just go more, grow deeper, let's get that, help me get that schedule out to everybody because it's like, oh man, you can look and say, I've always wanted to get to know Kim and Perry more. Let's have them out or... They're in kind of the same stage of our life. Let's have them out or, you know, just whatnot. Um, I just know that. What do you think, Laney? That'd be fun? Okay, I thought so. <laughs> uh, so we will close. I really wanted to get into the do not yoke yourselves together with non-believers, mostly because I have two girls here that I love with all my heart that are going to be getting into the dating age soon. And I want to make sure that the No, not for a while. You still got... I think 40 is the biblical year where the dowry would be passed on. (laughs) So you've got 26 more years. We're good to go. Okay. Um, So, uh, but listen to this. So you remember Paul's resume that he just listed? Listen to what, um, I don't know if I came up with this. Um, It's a different color, so I probably stole it from somebody. But... um, So Jesus, the true minister with a record of commendations. And it's just thinking about Jesus in all the ways that Paul commended himself. Jesus, the true bondservant. Jesus, enduring the cross. Jesus, exceedingly troubled for us. Jesus, nowhere to lay his head. Jesus, distressed for us. Jesus, scourged for us. Jesus, arrested for us. Jesus, experienced the riots. Jesus, the one about the work of the Father. Jesus, the one who watched and prayed instead of sleeping. Jesus fasted first. Jesus, the pure one. Jesus, the treasure of knowledge. Jesus, long-suffering that all should come to repentance. Jesus, anointed for ministry. Jesus loved his disciples to the end. Jesus is the word of truth. Jesus, the power of God. Jesus is the substance of the sword of the Spirit. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Jesus speaks to those at his right hand. Jesus speaks to those on his left hand. Jesus spoke, spoken well of and evil of. Jesus called a deceiver, yet being truth. Jesus unknown by some, well known by others. Jesus was dead, dying once for all, but now lives. Jesus suffering, being killed, learning obedience. Jesus became poor so that many might become rich. Last one. Jesus, no home or place to lay his head, yet having all authority in heaven and earth. His heart is wide open to you. If there's any rigidity between you and him, it's on your side. There is a battle for your affections. And so that's where we'll close today.